Broadcasting live from the KVXL studios at Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. The Frittle Show with Crystal Heath. I've said that we must be cautious in claiming God is on our side. I think the real question we must answer is, are we on His side? Faith, family, freedom. For me, it's very simple. I think we've got to, we've got to get the country back on the right track with the most inspiring agenda. A voice in the desert. Now, here's Crystal Heath. All right, we have a stimulus, or do we? Will you get a check? How much will it be for? Where does this money come from? And more. We will discuss all the answers to these questions in just a few minutes. I'm Crystal Heath. You're listening to The Frittle Show on KVXL 101.1 FM. Experience Liberty Radio from Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas, where we are streaming 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If you need a break from TV, or even if you don't, because you probably do, Listen to our radio station. Have your kids listen to our radio stations on Saturdays, Sunday mornings. We have kids programming uh, every morning, Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. You can listen to Adventures in Odyssey with your kids also at 3 o'clock and 3.30. Monday through Friday, we have children's program during the week then as well. And Adventures in Odyssey right now, their, their Adventures in Odyssey club, you can get, I believe it's a four-week trial, which is longer than anything they've ever done before. Uh, while this crisis is happening so that you and your family can listen to Adventures in Odyssey literally all day if you wanted to. Every day for four weeks for free. An amazing, amazing deal. If you have not utilized that yet, then I have failed you as a person. You need to sign up for this free trial. And if you're not sure where to start, never listened to Odyssey before, I can help you with that. Or if you've listened sometimes, but you don't know which episodes are the best ones that you want to make sure you don't miss out, I can help you with that too. can help you with all the things. But Today, before we get into the stimulus and the money and will I get a check, I want to talk first about priorities. Because it is times like this, when we see people dying, when we hear reports of, well, now the United States has more coronavirus cases than any other country in the world. That is true. We're also testing more people than any other country in the world, and our population is massively larger than that of Italy. So if you, 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 you've got to realize that news reports that are sensationalized are more likely to be read, followed, shared, etc. Do research. Don't just read headlines, please. But while we see these reports, while stores are still struggling to bring in some some goods and services, although quite frankly, I have been out shopping a couple different times this past week for some things that, that my brother and I needed, and then uh, also once for, um, for things that we needed for, for giving to our older folks here at, uh, at Liberty. And it has been increasingly easier to find things over the last week. Last week's podcast was, here's how you can find toilet paper, because it's gone everywhere. This week's podcast is the toilet paper is back, people. <laughs> it's, the, it's the it's the resurgence of the toilet paper. Okay, you go to Smith's, you go to Walmart, you can find toilet paper now today. The toilet paper is back, eggs are back, milk is there, bread is back. You may not always be able to find it at the first store you walk into still, but it is out there and much more readily accessible. So things are things are looking up, and really a lot of this. Your perspective depends on what news you're watching and listening to, and then also what state you live in. Because some states are kind of ahead of the curve, if you will, and some states are just coming into it. Some states are, are still yet to hit. So 
it's interesting because I have friends on the East Coast that live in, in states that are a few days or even a week ahead of where we in Nevada are to where their closures happen before ours. And then I have uh, relatives in other states on the East Coast that are about a week behind us to where their stuff is just now starting to close. They're just now starting to see the toilet paper shortage. And it's really interesting to watch how this is ebbing and flowing, but it is always changing. And there is progress in, in many, many ways. And chloroquine... Man, when we get this drug, it is so, so effective and so accessible. Now, obviously, we don't want there to be there to be hoarding of this, and, and I don't uh, necessarily disagree with what Sisolak did in, uh, in putting some new regulations around the drug so people can't just go and get it and put it aside to treat themselves. And also, please don't drink fish tank cleaner just because it says it has chloroquine in it. If it says on the bottle, not for human consumption, then it means not for human consumption, okay? But there's, there's, there's progress being made here on what seems like a daily basis. And in the midst of the progress, in the midst of what seems like no progress, no matter what part of that fluctuating roller coaster of a ride you, your family, your state is riding on, across the board, what it seems to me is happening, at least in our country, is that the things that are most important are rising to the surface and the things which are of less importance are kind of fading away. I mean, you, you've probably noticed that the news is overwhelmingly focused on coronavirus. And granted, anytime there's anything of significance happening in the world, the media harps on it far too much and repetitively. But right now, it's not just mainstream media. It's everywhere. It is the virus. I tried to find other news that's happening in the world to talk about on the podcast today, and it was really, really hard to do so. Even in places like in Pennsylvania, where they're, they're working on some very, very questionable uh, firearms legislation in the, in the state house there, even that legislation itself, which would be newsworthy, is because of the coronavirus crisis. So even the other news, it's being driven by the virus, because the only thing that anyone cares about right now is this virus. And it's breeding fear and anxiety. But it's also bringing hope and exposing the helpers. Because regardless of the angle, whether it's fear and anxiety or hope and helpers, it's all around the coronavirus. Nobody cares right now if you can't buy a cake from a Christian baker for your same-sex wedding. Because guess what? We just don't want to die of the coronavirus. Nobody cares right now if Bernie Sanders is going to stay in for the next debate. Nobody cares because... We just don't want to die from the coronavirus. The reason for this is because when you have a crisis, a crisis causes we as people, as individuals and collectively, to sharpen our focus and streamline our priorities. So here's my question for you today. How are your priorities doing? Who are your priorities today? Is your life of quarantine or, or non-quarantine for just as many of you in, in different areas that may be listening, is it causing a greater focus in your life on the things which matter most? Are you utilizing this time wisely? Are you bringing hope? Are you being a helper? Or are you squandering this time in doubt and fear and worry? Maybe you've been buying stocks while the market's been low. Maybe you've been panicking because you have so much money in your 401k and now the market is low. Guys, your 401k was never going with you. Anything that is temporal 
is ultimately not all that important. It doesn't mean we should should waste what God has given us or that we should waste our time or that we shouldn't work hard. I'm not saying that. But we have been given a gift right now, a gift of seeing what is most important and on prioritizing that which actually is of importance. I was thinking about Luke chapter 2. Not so, not Luke chapter 2. I mean, that would be Christmas time, and some people are putting up Christmas lights to spread holiday cheer in the midst of the coronavirus, and I think that's really very fantastic. I love it. But that's not the one. Uh, Luke chapter 12, actually. Where Jesus is talking with his disciples, he tells them not to be, uh, or scar- excuse me, to be aware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. He tells us right off the bat, that's what the problem is with the Pharisees, it's hypocrisy. He tells us elsewhere, do what they uh, do what they say, but don't do what they do. And then he goes on and he says, be not afraid of them that kill the body, and after that have no more that they can do, but I will forewarn you whom you should fear. Fear him, which after he hath killed, hath power to cast into hell. Yes, I say unto you, fear him. And can I, can I take a little liberty here and just say, don't be afraid of the coronavirus, which could kill you, but after that can do no more. But I tell you who you should fear. Fear him, who after he hath killed, hath power to cast into hell. Fear him. And the, the, the Greek word that Luke uses here for fear, and in all instances where he, he mentions fear here, it's the Greek word phobio. And phobio means to be afraid of, to, to dread, to fear. But it also means to reverence. And I think that it's interesting that right after Luke uh, has Jesus saying, this is who you fear, is God. Not, not some man, not some virus. You fear God. But right after Jesus says, fear the one that can send you to hell, fear him, immediately afterwards, he goes directly into this. He says, are not five sparrows sold for two farthings and not one of them is forgotten before God? But even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are of much more value than sparrow. It's the same word. Jesus says, fear God, but also... Stop it! Stop freaking out! Stop it! Oh, but then then he goes back in. In verse 8 and says, Also I say unto you, Whosoever shall confess me before men, him shall the Son of Man also confess before the angels of God. But he that denieth me before men shall be denied before the angels of God. And whosoever shall speak a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But in him that blasphemeth against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven. And and then he goes on. And, and it's just a back and forth throughout this chapter of fear God, fear God, but also, why are you afraid of this other stuff? God's got this. Fear God, fear God. And, and then he goes into the parable of the, the rich man that brings forth plentifully and, uh, and builds barns and greater barns so he can store stuff. And God comes to him and says, what are you doing? Y- your soul's going to be required of you tonight. And then what happens to all this stuff that you've stockpiled? Don't stop laying up treasure for yourself. In verse 21, that's what Jesus says. This is where this comes down to. It's, it's back and forth of fear God, stop worrying about stuff. God's got you. Fear God, stop worrying about stuff. God got you. And then verse 21, so is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. Therefore, 
Always, whenever you see a wherefore or therefore, what's the therefore, therefore? This is wrapping up the whole thing. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, where the toilet paper is, neither for the body, what you shall put on. The life is more than meat, and your body is more than raiment, and it's more than where you can find toilet paper. Consider the ravens. We're back to the birds before it was the sparrows. He's, he's, he's wrapping it all together. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have not storehouse nor barn, unlike this rich guy who is building all his barns. And God feeds them. How much more are you better than the birds? And which one of you, by taking thought, can add to his stature one cubit? If you then be not able to do that thing which is least, why take you thought for the rest? That, I think, is one of the most fascinating things that Jesus says in all of Scripture. And we just kind of waltz on past it. But Jesus said <laughs> to his disciples, Hey, which one of you boys, uh, by, by thinking about it, can, add, uh, can make yourself a cubit taller? If you can't even do that, why do you worry about the rest of stuff? If Jesus calls that the least. Jesus says, you can't even get yourself any taller. If you can't do that little thing, why do you worry about the rest of your life? L like as if that's no big deal, right? Like that's, that's no big deal. Like God can make you taller. God's going to take care of the rest of the stuff. Why are you guys freaking out? Like, <laughs> well, Okay. And then he goes back in. Now we're going to go with flowers. Consider the lilies, how they grow. They toil not, they spin not. And yet I say unto you that Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. I don't know about you guys, but I read stories in the Bible and I think, wow, I would like to be there. I would like to see this. When they talk about all this stuff being gold-plated and, and, and the trees and the beauty of what Solomon created in Israel, when I read that... Now, granted, sometimes it's like he hammered this, he hammered that, and I'm like, okay, let's get on with it. But when you put the whole picture together and you think about the splendor of Solomon's kingdom, Jesus is like, you know, let me, can I tell you, break a secret to you guys? The lilies of the field are more beautiful than Solomon's kingdom. What? I think that might have something to do with the fact that God made the lilies and man made Solomon's beautiful temple in Jerusalem. Think about that. If then God so clothed the grass, which is today in the field and tomorrow is cast in the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O ye of little faith? And seek ye not ye what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, neither be of a doubtful mind. For after all these things do the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knows that you need these things. God knows if you need toilet paper, and God can provide. So, seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Feel, fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Look. Things seem scary out there. And you should be prepared. You don't need to build bigger barns, but you do need to provide for your family. And then once you've provided for your family, because that's instruction that God gives to you, then you use the excess to help other people. If, if that's how God gives for you. But you don't have to worry. You don't have to worry. Is this disease serious? Are people dying? Yes. 
and we pray for those who are affected. We pray for and support those that are on the front lines of this crisis. But our job is not to worry. We are told repeatedly in Scripture to stop being afraid. Fear not. Fear not. If you want to be afraid of something, then, then fear God. That's who you fear. But the rest of it, stop worrying about it. Okay? Prioritize your life. Fear God. Stop worrying about the rest of the things. Okay? That is not your job. God is in control. Your job is to demonstrate to the world that you trust the God who created you on purpose, by purpose, for a purpose. And then your purpose is to go out and show everybody else to be a light in a dark time and say, why am I not worried? Oh, well, I, f I fear God. I fear God. But I have a peace that passes understanding about everything else that the world worries about because I know that God's got this. And I know that even if I run out of rice in my pantry, that God can still take care of me and that he has promised to take care of me and that all things, that as long as I'm loving him, that all things will work together for his good. That doesn't mean that all things will be good, but that all things will work together for good. You want to know what God's will is right now for you during the coronavirus? It's that you would not worry. It's that you would trust him. It's that you would talk to him, that you would pray to him, that you would tell him what you need before you tell social media. Before you're like, yo, people, stop buying all the toilet paper because I can't find none. No, no. Have you, have, you, have you prayed about it yet? You might say, well, I'm not praying about toilet paper. That's just super awkward. Why? Why? You think that God doesn't care about what you need? Now, granted, you don't necessarily need toilet paper, but it still is a very, you know... We could argue about that one, but um, I, I believe that God cares about every aspect of our lives. And I believe that he wants us to talk to him about the things that we need and the things that we want before anybody else finds out about them. Priorities. Where are yours? Who are yours? If you're fearing something, you shouldn't be fearing a something. You fear someone. You fear the one. And everything else, you don't have to worry about. Do you, yes, do you be prepared? Yes. But you do not need to worry or fear. Some people are worried about stimulus checks. We could do a lot of talking about the stimulus, the uh, pros, cons, and everything else on this. But uh, for me, honestly, the stimulus issue boils down to a couple things. All right. Um, two thoughts, and then, we'll, and then we'll dive into this a little bit. First of all, most Americans who qualify likely won't see a stimulus check until probably late April, possibly even early May. Hopefully by then we're back to post-quarantine and working conditions. So I, I, I don't, I mean, it's been delayed so long that I kind of feel that perhaps this is not the help that it is being portrayed as. Now, granted, I don't know about you, but if somebody wants to give me $1,000, I will take that any time. But for those that were laid off and needing money at a certain time, it, you know, just the, the whole dynamic of that. 
And secondly, where where's the two trillion dollars coming from? Where where is it coming from? Anybody? Anybody at all? I don't know. Do you know? No, you don't, because we're just piling it onto our debt. Now, zero interest loans that are given to companies that are affected by government imposed lockdowns, I, I don't look at those as being a bailout. I know that conservatives have a large disagreement on this, but for me personally, Ben Shapiro said this, and I thought it was so good. Uh, ben Shapiro said, uh, zero interest loans to companies affected by the government imposed lockdown are not bailouts. That would be like arguing it is a giveaway for me to compensate you after I drive my car through your living room. I, I tend to take that stance on the zero interest loan aspect of this legislation. I actually think that that is one of the best uh, best presentations not presentations. I think that's one of the best outcomes of this bill is the, the zero interest loans. Those I think are actually very very helpful. When it comes to everything else um, there's just there's uh, there's so much pork in this bill um, even still it is it is being touted as the two trillion dollar bill, and so people are saying, well, uh, the government's basically spending then ten thousand dollars per adult to give each adult twelve hundred dollars. That's pretty close, except that two trillion is coming from Congress, another four trillion is coming from the feds and the treasury. So in total, it's a six trillion dollar uh, stimulus. You have three hundred fifty million citizens. That's actually seventeen thousand dollars per citizen being spent on this thing. Of that, you're seeing 1200 So where is the rest of this money going? That is the problem. That is the pork. Now the stuff that is the, 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 the zero interest loans, how that's working and so on, I I'm, don't necessarily have a problem with that because I, I think that that is appropriate because, uh, especially in states where governors have forced businesses to close because of this. But if you take $17,000 a citizen, times that by an average family of four, $68,000 per family of new national debt and dollar devaluation through this stimulus bill. Did the economy respond well to this news? It actually did. The stock market started climbing again. The stock market had another uh, another record day. So it's not it's it's like I said, we could spend a whole hour just discussing the pros and cons of the stimulus for those that are fiscally conservative it is a massive there's a massive amount of waste in this bill i mean even if you take the low estimate the government is spending ten thousand dollars per adult to give each adult twelve hundred dollars if you take the high estimate the government is spending seventeen thousand dollars to send you twelve hundred dollars so from a fiscal cons perspective it is not great. From an economic perspective, uh, presuming that people will, will use this money, will spend this money, it could definitely help get the economy rolling again. And like I said, I, I really think that the, the small business help that is provided through this bill is essential and, and a really a, a good thing. That leads us to the question of, am I going to get a stimulus check? For those of you that are in the, am I going to get a stimulus check uh, bracket, you are, your, your, your 2019 income tax will be used unless you have not yet filed it yet. In that case, the 2018 uh, tax, uh, taxes will be used. 
You'll receive, uh, adults receive a lump sum of $1,200. It's $2,400 if you are filing your tax returned uh, jointly. If you have little or no tax liability, you would get uh, $600 or $1,200 for joint returns. Families receive an additional $500 for each qualifying child claimed as a dependent. I believe, and I, I haven't read every angle on the, the final edition of the bill, but I believe it was 17 years and younger. So if you have uh, four kids under the age of 17, that would add an additional $2,000 uh, to your check. So if you're filing jointly, that's $2,400 right off the bat. Add another $2,000 if you have four kids under 18, that's $4,400 coming your way. If you fall in that bracket... I expect you to bring me a sandwich from Jimmy John's after you receive your check. Possibly uh, five and some cookies from Crumble. Uh, the payment level is progressively reduced for higher income earners. So uh, it starts at 75000 being the limit and then uh, goes up to 99000 If you make more than $99,000, you wouldn't qualify at all for a stimulus. Married couples filing jointly, that $2,400. Uh, level that does increase as well with the 75 so that goes up to 150,000 and then that amount is reduced up to 198,000 for those filing uh, jointly. Single parents, uh, those that file as a head of household, will receive the $1,200 check for an income level up to $112,500. So uh, the Treasury is saying that this will go out in three weeks so, three weeks would be, again, end of April. I would argue that is best case scenario. In 2008, when the government uh, also did a similar measure, because I know there are a lot of people like, this is unprecedented. It's actually very precedented. It wasn't too long ago at all, actually. Under President George W. Bush, we had a stimulus in 2008 that was signed into law in early February of that year. The checks didn't start going out until late April. So I, I still think that late April is probably a best-case scenario at this point. I wouldn't be surprised if it's mid-May to late May. People have asked me, well, what are you going to do with your stimulus money? And I'm like, I'm not counting that chicken before it's hatched because one, it has to get to me. Two, I don't know when it will come. And three, it just seems like there is so much potential for theft and uh, very little potential for saying, hey, I never got that check, IRS. Would you send it to me again? And them actually doing it. So if, if it comes you know what? The government wants to send me back some of my money because that's really all they're doing, guys. They're sending us our own money back. If you are a taxpayer, then you have paid taxes. The government does not have money. Government borrows money from places where we shouldn't borrow it, but they don't have money. They have our money. So they're sending you your own money back if you pay taxes, okay? That's how I look at it, is they're sending me some of my money back. If they do that, I will be very grateful. If they don't, if it doesn't end up coming through, I won't be devastated because I'm not planning on getting it. Okay? And you're like, well, that's ridiculous. It's all going to come. I, I, I mean, I would be happy if it does. Do I think that it will? Probably. Will most people get their checks? I think probably. I just, I don't want to, I don't want to count on it till it gets here. Um, and then when it does, I, I think that it's, well, you and your family determine uh, what God would have you do with that money. But again, I believe that part of that, uh, if you're in that uh, lots of kids department, is that God wants you to share uh, share some of it with me in the form of my favorite foods. Okay. Now, 
I just want to end with one last reminder. Maybe two. I don't know. I have so many things I want to talk about, but I'm going to try and keep this this episode shorter this week, uh, more to our 30 minutes. And we're just about there. Um, there's been a lot of talk lately about how the U.S. now has more cases than anywhere in the world. More confirmed cases. Uh, that is true. But again, please remember that in just eight days, last week, into this week, we did more testing in eight days than South Korea did in eight weeks. That is why we have more confirmed cases. We also have more people than these other countries. Okay? It is not because the pandemic is worse here. Do we have more confirmed cases? Yes, but you have to look at it in terms of percentages. In addition, John Hopkins, uh, a John Hopkins study found that the United States was more prepared for the pandemic than any other country in the world. The Global Health Security Index, which was developed with guidance from an international panel of experts from 13 countries with research by the Economic Economist Intelligence Unit from 2018 to 2019, according to the Washington Post, uh, was 100 researchers who spent a year collecting and validating publicly available uh, data. That data has been confirmed to show that the United States was more prepared than any other country in the world to deal with this pandemic. Can I, can, I just, can I explain something to you? And again, I know that this is a serious thing and we value all life and we need to understand the actual statistics of this thing worldwide. Okay, we need to have some perspective, okay? Worldwide, 584,000 roughly cases of the coronavirus. In those confirmed cases, we have seen 20, about 27,000 deaths. Closed cases of coronavirus. Cases which have had an outcome, okay? Not those currently infected, but those which have an outcome. Worldwide, 83% of people have recovered. 17% have died. In China, now their numbers obviously we think are probably being skewed, but at this point, well, the numbers that we have from China show a 96% survival rate for this thing, with only 4% of people dying from coronavirus in China. Are those numbers skewed? Probably somewhat. But that's what we have. Very different numbers in Italy and in Spain where we have seen uh, in Spain a 45% death rate in the closed cases, and in Spain a 35% death rate in the closed cases. Why the difference? Couple reasons. Uh, really a combination. Italy has the second oldest population in the world, and those over the age of 60 are believed to be at higher risk of having severe symptoms from the virus. There's also s different health factors and ways that uh, people behave and what they, what activities they engage in that are believed to be affecting this as well. But I, I don't have time because I'm trying to wrap this up here. But uh, there's a different uh, culture as far as how young and old interact, a very family-oriented uh, culture, which uh, researchers believe is affecting the, uh, the data in these numbers as well in Spain and Italy uh, specifically. And it's their older population which is really suffering in both countries. In the United States currently, 
and this is this is really information that you need to understand as people push a narrative of that we weren't prepared or that we're not doing a good job. You need to know these numbers. In the United States right now, there are approximately 97,000 cases of coronavirus, actually a little bit less. Of those cases, we have seen 1,477 people die and 2,453 people recover. The rest are still dealing with it and hasn't been finalized yet. Of the total cases in this country, again, about 97,000, almost 45,000 of those cases are in New York alone. The next highest number is found in New Jersey, where there are just under 9,000 cases. And remember, New, Jer New Jersey, New York, New York City is right on the border with New Jersey. Okay? Then it drops down to California, where we have about 4,000 cases. Then the state of Washington, where there's about 3,000 cases. Florida is about 3,000 cases. Uh, Nevada doesn't even really register on the scale. Uh, we're mid-500s in cases. Why do I want you to understand this about the United States? Because there's a lot of misinformation going on right now. All right? There are 327.2 million people in the United States. Do you know what percentage 97,000 is? Of 327,200,000 people? It's less than half of 1%. If you then look at the death toll, and even if we made the death toll 2,000, which it's not near that right now, that is 0.0006% of our population. Now, I'm not saying that those... That, that some lives don't matter. I'm not saying that at all. Every life is precious. And we, again, we need to pray for those that are being hardest hit by this disease. We need to pray for those on the front lines fighting this disease. We need to pray for the elderly. We need to be smart. We need to follow the instructions of our government. But thus far, I think you are, would be hard-pressed to say that our president and our governors and our country, to this point, has not done a good job in containing this thing. Because all of the data, when analyzed without bias, presents that message. And if you listen to the doctors, they are saying the same thing. And if the medication that they're saying works is allowed to be given out and, and, and is effective, I believe we will see recovery numbers even greater than what we have seen so far. And that is what we should be praying for. That is the information we should be sharing. We should be a voice of reason and a voice of hope. We should not be a voice of doom and gloom and fear and angst. Because quite frankly, for one thing, the, the, the data just doesn't suggest that we need to be living in a state of fear. Obedience to what our, what our government suggests, yes. Not being foolhardy in the way we behave and, the, and, and where we expose ourselves and, and using hand sanitizer? Yes, all of these things. But to live in a spirit of fear? No. No, we have, we have hope. Because our hope is Jesus Christ. He takes care of the sparrows. He takes care of us. He knows what we're going through. He knows, he knows where the toilet paper is. And he's got this under control. We as Christians are here to represent Jesus Christ on this earth. 
he's not panicking, neither should we. Focus on your priorities. Use this time that God has given you to make sure that the big things are big things in your life and that you're not stressing the other stuff. And that's all the time that we have left for today. Appreciate you being with us. Be sure to share this podcast with your friends, with your family. They got nothing else to do right now. They're stuck at home. They can listen to a podcast. (laughs) You can find uh, past episodes on SoundCloud and iTunes. So be sure to like and subscribe on both of those. And we will see you back again next time here on The Frill Show. Also, don't forget our Sunday services, our Wednesday services are streaming online. You can visit our church website at experienceliberty.com to find those and enjoy them with your family. Praying for you guys. Let us know if you need anything. And don't forget to wash your hands.